Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. On our last episode of Core Principles, we began this two-part interview with Tim Barton, the president of Wall Builders. We resume the interview with Tim Barton now. Well, Tim, America is facing some really tough times right now. Uh, we got an administration led by people who seek to, as one of their predecessors, Barack Obama said, fundamentally transform this nation mm-hmm. into something other than the land of liberty. Now, leftists are getting more and more aggressive in what I call their war mm-hmm. against the foundational principles of self-governance and personal responsibility. As one who knows our history better than most and who understands the foundational principles, do you feel optimistic and can you share some of that optimism if you have it with us yeah you know first of all i will say as a christian um, faith is definitely part of my life and it, it shapes the way that I, I view the world. And, and I, at least I try to make it, you know, as, as much as possible. I want to have a biblical worldview. I want to see the world through the lens of the reality of what the Bible teaches. And by the way, that, that's also important even for, you know, we, we kind of finished the discussion of America having a really impressive anti-slavery record, although we could spend a lot more time there. But one of the things that's worth noting, and I, I think it's a reality of where we are today on some level, is the history of people is the history of brokenness. It's the history of chaos. It's the history of imperfection. It, it, it's very unusual, right? It's, it's, it's the anomaly where you have people break away to do something unique, to, to promote freedom, to promote equality. And this is why the American experiment was so special, because at a time in the world when so many people were going, continuing down this this road, kind of normal for humans of brokenness and depravity, for there to be like this asterisk in history of, wait a second, people are going a different direction. And what made them go a different direction largely was their faith. It was the fact they recognized, as Jefferson wrote in the Declaration, that there was a creator, and that creator had given rights to man, and government's job was to protect those rights, not to dictate those rights, right? Not to, 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 to legislate or remove those rights. Your, your job is to protect the rights. God's already given us our rights. God's given us our freedom. God's given us a responsibility. Your job is just to protect our God-given rights. And this is where I, I think it's important to recognize where we are today is we are in the midst of a, as you mentioned, very challenging time in the nation, but I, I think it's it's also something that you could argue maybe we're in the middle of a time where, I mean, as a Christian, you could you know talk about the fact that this may be God's judgment on some level for America. And I use that not lightly because actually earlier today, I was looking at a, a prayer proclamation from Abraham Lincoln. And in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, Lincoln called for a day of prayer and fasting. And in this prayer proclamation, which I've encouraged every, everybody listening, totally worth going back and reading that prayer proclamation. That um, there's a link to it on the wall, but there's a website, but you can find it online. Just Lincoln's 1863 prayer and fasting proclamation, and and read it. It's only a couple paragraphs, but uh, I think it's like the second or third paragraph. He talked about that in America, we've enjoyed such blessings and such abundance for so long that we ultimately had forgotten God. We, we've forgotten the reason that we had those blessings, the reason we had the abundance. And because we'd forgotten God, we had embraced these national sins and God was judging us for national sins. And Lincoln said this in the Civil War. He, he said that he didn't think the war would be over until enough blood had been shed, that enough blood from the soldiers of the Civil War could match the blood taken from the back of every slave. He thought then God would have done justice and then the war would be over. Uh, it's a very interesting take. Nonetheless, he believed that 
the civil war was God's judgment on some level, but what he told the people in this prayer proclamation is that it behooves us then to go to that offended being, to, to seek his forgiveness, to, to beg his clemency uh, on what we've done, his grace, that he would give us another chance. And, and I think this is really the optimism for me looking at America is, is first of all, if, if you keep doing what you've been doing, right, you keep getting the results you've been getting, right? This, this, this notion uh, that if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. The idea that it would be insane for us to think we could keep doing what we've been doing and expect a different result. I think Americans are beginning to see that a lot of what has been sold to them as being the best thing for America is not the best thing for America, right? A lot of people are getting enough taste of totalitarianism, uh, of socialism, of communism on some level, that they're not liking what they're seeing. And it, and it is causing an awakening to happen for them. Uh, this is something that if, uh, it's also interesting if you go back to the history of the first and second great awakening, the first and second great awakening came in times of great political trials in America. Uh, the first great awakening actually was the foundation that led to the American Revolution. Uh, it unified the Americans, helped them realize a lot of the oppression and tyranny they were dealing with. Second great awakening, uh, it actually ends up leading to the Civil War. But what happened in the first and second great awakening was it brought moral clarity specifically to Christians, where Christians realized what was, again, biblically clear, morally clear, they realized that some of what had been embraced in the culture around them, some of what was being told to them was not accurate. And as they stood up for things that were true, it did bring a greater political divide. It brought greater tension, but ultimately it helped bring a resolution where that good did triumph over evil, right? We can look at the second great awakening. We can talk about the issue of slavery. Sure. But right now, right, we could talk about the issue of abortion. We could talk about the issue of gender. I mean, we, I mean, I literally, I saw a TikTok video earlier today where there were people talking about how gender is this systemic racism and oppression and to say there's only two genders is like, you know, et cetera. It's crazy. There are wars on things that, that should not be confusing. But just like if you go back in time, I mean, the, the, the thought of a human owning another human, like that shouldn't have been morally confusing, right? I mean, people should have been able to look and go, you know, that's probably not a very good thing to do to own another human. It should have been morally clear, but this is part of what the Second Great Awakening did was it brought moral clarity to issues that shouldn't have been that confusing. But once clarity was brought, it allowed people to have the, the mental understanding that they knew what was right. And then they had the courage, fortitude, and boldness to stand up for what was right. And I do think there is hope for America because I think right now there's a lot of people who are beginning to get mental clarity of what is right and what is not, of what the role of government should be and what it shouldn't be, of right the reality of there's an attack on basic truth, on basic fundamentals, on basic morals. And there's a lot of people who don't like that. And I think this is something that if you look back at the first and second great awakening, that there's no doubt that God was opening up eyes and, and minds and hearts. And I think that's happening right now in our nation, that as you are looking across the nation, it, it, it's not now just a political movement, right? This isn't Democrats and Republicans. You have a lot of independents. You have a lot of Democrats who are not happy with this totalitarian move happening right now in our nation. I, I think when you, when you start seeing people who normally are politically polarized start coming together on the same page in a positive moral direction, I think you can make a very good argument or interesting argument at least that this is part of what a great awakening can look like as God awakens people and stirs their hearts and minds. So I have great optimism that as, as God awakens people, as moral clarity is restored in this nation, that we can get back to a place that we recognize, hey guys, the, the government is not the one who gives us our rights. Our rights were given by a creator, a divine creator outside the realm of man. So man has no control over your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, your right of self-defense, your 
private property, right? Those are things that, that the government can't come in and dictate, control, micromanage, take away. Those are things we're going to protect. And I think we're seeing a growing movement. And so all that to say, I, I am optimistic that we can restore a lot of these things going forward. I do think it's going to be an uphill battle. And, and I, I, I don't mean battle in the physical sense. I mean, just the, the, the challenge of the kind of culture we're dealing with. There's going to be a lot of uh, emotional, a lot of uh, mental strains. And, and, you know, God forbid, I, I don't want to see another war. I think it's very interesting. The First Great Awakening ultimately led to the American Revolution. The Second Great Awakening ultimately led to the Civil War. I, I certainly pray that God is able to help us get things restored without a war. I, but, I mean, historically, it's interesting, right? Again, not promoting war, not saying that at all. I think it's interesting, though, that uh, at times you had people on on one side of the political aisle who were so convinced in what they were doing that, you know, for example, people that want to protect abortion, there might be people who'd be willing to take up arms and fight to protect the right to abortion. I think that's utterly crazy. That's ridiculous that in order for you to defend the right to kill an unborn child, you would kill other people, right? Like it's, it's, it's crazy on so many levels, but I do think that ultimately when you start having a battle of what is true, of what is morally right and wrong, that you do have people that can go on the crazy side doesn't have to always happen that way. And again, God forbid it happens again. And hopefully God can find, God knows ways to, that we can get restored without that issue happening. But I, I, I do think there's a, a reason to be optimistic, but I think there will be a great struggle in front of us before we see the positive outcome that we hope for. Yes, sir. Well, that is another rich answer. And I thank you for it. And I'm going to follow up with it, asking you about this struggle in, in a context of two sort of ideologies coming to loggerheads, something called a great reset versus this great awakening mm -hmm. that you're talking about. But by your leave, I, I did look up on wallbuilders.com the uh, proclamation you referenced, and I'm going to uh, read a little bit of this for the listeners. This is President Lincoln in 1863. Whereas it is the duty of nations, as well as of men, to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God to confess their sins and transgressions and humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truths announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord, and inasmuch as we know that by His divine law, nations, like individuals, are subject to punishments and chastisements in this world, may we not justify or may we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land may be, but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity, and we've grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God, we have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us, and we have vainly imagined in deceitfulness of our own hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with this unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. We are too proud to pray to the God that made us. So he called on us to repent and to pray. So amen, President Lincoln. Well, I mentioned uh, there is this struggle. You, you put it in uh, terms. Mm -hmm. You talked about this great awakening. Um, <clears throat> when I visited you uh, at Wall Builders a few months ago, 
we all went to Glenn Beck's studio, mm-hmm. and he shared with us some chilling information about what he calls and others have called the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. Now, he has just released last week his book about that vital topic. You're close with him. You're well-read on the issues mm-hmm. about the Great Reset. Can you offer us some sort of overview briefly of what we should be aware of regarding mm-hmm. that threat from the left? What are they up to? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I would say that book is going to be uh, a very well-documented, detailed book. And and so full disclosure, I have not gotten my copy yet. It was already sold out when I tried to get one. I could have asked Glenn. He probably would have saved me one, but I was just going to buy one. And so now I'm on the waiting list, too. So I'm very excited to see. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot more that gets exposed in this. But, uh, you know, the fundamental premise of this is there you do have organizations, national organizations and actually international organizations, leaders around the world um, who are working for a one world government. And, and right. I mean, this is not conspiratorial. This is actually documented evidence that there are people who are are actually working to try to get the world on on the same page. Right. Back in like the Tower of Babel days, when everybody has the same currency, everybody's the same language, everybody works together. And there would be these centralized international leaders who oversee everything. And part of how the Great Reset happens is that there would be an organization that would control all the finances, all the finances becomes digital, and they then are able to dictate who gets what and how much you get. And actually, this is where like even your environmental score becomes a big deal, because if you're not a friend of the government, if you're not a friend or, or somebody, in this case, like even a friend of the environment, if they deem that you are somebody who's negative, then they actually can stop your digital currency. They can stop you from being able to function in society and life. Uh, this one world government would own property, actually all the property. Uh, the, the notion the slogan is that you would own nothing and you would be happy about it. Um, and they would sell it, right? Like, hey guys, you don't have to do the upkeep on your own property. Isn't this great? You're just going to rent your whole life and, and you have a landlord and they get to dictate things. There's, there's obviously so many scary thoughts in this. Um, one of the easy things I think to show people is if you look anywhere there's socialized medicine, right? I mean, this is the notion, right? If you have socialized medicine, you have somebody else dictating what care you get, at what pace you get it, at what level you get it, and you have no say for yourself. And so literally there's people being denied some basic health care in some of these nations because they're, they're told, well, you're too old. Well, you're not a good candidate, right? Whatever the case might be. And so you have somebody else making medical decisions for you and, and you have no say in that. Well, that is that is how this would work, but it would work in every level of your life. It would work in the job you can have. It would work in where you live and it would work in how you spend your money, et cetera. This is ultimate, the, the ultimate communist Marxist totalitarian idea and regime. And one of the things you can see is that so many government leaders around the world are using the same terminology, are using that like this build back better notion that these words, literally the same phraseology is being used by these leaders all over the world. Well, these leaders are all part of this one world government alliance. And so this is part of the great reset. And actually what's also chilling about this is in some of uh, their writings, they say that, you know, we essentially have all of the foundation in place. What we need to put this into effect is we need some great worldwide catastrophic event that would allow us to come and seize power. And then for the good of the people, we could start making some of these changes. That's, that's literally in writing. And we are seeing that unfold right now. The, the reason um, that I think very dishonestly, uh, COVID is being presented as the greatest, most dangerous you know, plague ever. And I'm saying very dishonestly because right, statistically, it's less than 1% of people that contract COVID actually will die of COVID. And the vast majority of people that have died of COVID, the CDC has identified that at least four 
existing, pre-existing comorbidities. So again, it's, it's very crazy that when you have something that the vast majority of people are going to recover from, if they even get it, to then have the government come and take over all of the world's land or finances or whatever the case might be, it's utterly crazy, except there was an underlying principle and an underlying foundation already in place from some of these leaders to do this. This is, again, this is not far-fetched. This is not just a conspiracy theory. This is actually fairly well documented. It's just that people haven't heard it, and you're going to have some of these news outlets who are offering cover for what's going on, saying, hey, the people saying this, they're just conspiratorial, and we say no. Actually, you can go look up and listen to these speeches. You can go look up and read these essays and these papers that were written by these international organizations, by these world leaders, acknowledging the very thing we're saying, but... Again, the news media wants to cover it up because then they can hide a lot of what's going on. That's part of that's part of what's happening and unfolding with the Great Reset. Um, it, one of the beneficial things we're seeing, it, you know, fundamentally in America, people don't like to be told what to do. We like to be individuals. We like to have freedom. And so the Great Reset is way too effective in America, but it's not as effective as a lot of people thought it would be because they're discovering a lot of Americans don't like to be told what to do. Um, you know, where you even mentioned early on that they're changing this notion of what it means to be an anti-vaxxer because there's a lot of people who, like myself, I've had many vaccines in my life, but I have a problem when the government says we are going to force you to inject yourself with this experimental and experimental because right? It's only been out for a year and a half, two years. Nobody knows what happens. There's no long-term known side effects or consequences that haven't been around long enough to have those experiments. So in, in that sense, it is experimental on some level. This experimental jab that's being forced, well, I'm anti the mandate of this jab, and therefore I fall in the anti-vaxxer category, even though I've had multiple other vaccines. It's, it's really crazy. But this is where, again, the shift is to, to try to control the population and try to control the phraseology. It's the 1984. It's the newspeak. This is part of what the Great Reset is. It's real. It's happening around us. But again, I do think there's a reason to be optimistic on some level because there is a lot more pushback happening in America than I think a lot of leftists realize would happen. They thought they could control people with fear. And there's a lot of Americans who are waking up to the reality that kind of what FDR said, right? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself, that they're, they're waking up to the reality. They're being sold the steady diet of fear, but ultimately it's a lie and they should not be as fearful as what they are being sold. So I, I, I do think there's some hope in this, but that's kind of big picture, a little bit of the great reset. Well, thank you for that, Tim. And listeners, if you doubt that this can happen here, let me give you a few data points. We are observing it happen here. But let's go to China first. And in addition to Glenn Beck's book, The Great Reset, we should all read a book by Rod Dreher that he put out uh, a year and a half ago or so, uh, Live Not by Lies. Uh, he talked about it on this program. You can go back into the archives of this program and get a 40-minute summary in two episodes as well. And he mentioned what's happened in China with social credit. If they don't mm -hmm. like what you're doing, you're out of the economy. You can't go to the stores you want. You can't go to the schools you want. Your kids can't do these things. It's already happening in China. Now, you think it can't happen in America? Here's what's already happening. And in other countries like Australia, they just deported the world's number one tennis player in Australia for not taking an experimental messenger RNA shot, which, listeners, has no more practical utility on this planet. The messenger RNA codes to target specifically the spike protein from the original strain of SARS-CoV-2, which is extinct on planet Earth. And all the scientists and all the data show and understand 
that it cannot even understand as a messenger RNA the new strains that have mutated to survive and escape it. It worked. The messenger RNA worked at extinguishing the original spike protein from SARS-CoV-2, but it doesn't even understand, for example, Omicron. It provides no benefit either to slowing the spread or uh, causing you not to get it. Uh, happily, Omicron is not the deadly disease that, say, Delta might have been, but they actually are still demanding people take this shot or don't go to Hawaii, don't go to New York, don't go to Washington, D.C., or don't go to Australia, among other places, if you're not willing to take these shots that now have no merit, no benefit. And if you're naturally immune because you had the disease and recovered, who cares? That provided you true immunity, but never mind. Do what we say or else. So you can see that, listeners, that it's mm -hmm. happening. You don't have to wonder, would they really try to do this? Uh, they are doing it. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. the way that they de-currency uh, uh, people in China, they're trying to do here in America. You may have heard of Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. He has been adamant that we should investigate the election of 2020 because uh, we would like to know that our elections have integrity. Well, he said some things that you're not permitted to say in this land of free speech, and therefore banking institutions are trying to disallow him to participate in the economy in the United States. Mm -hmm. That actually is happening today in 2022 in the United States, and there are other examples that you could learn about, listeners. So the Great Reset, whatever they call it, is a leftist idea that they actually are pursuing against your liberties so take heart that uh, Tim Barton has shared with us reasons to be optimistic that the Great Awakening will overcome that and will do so without physical conflict. Pray for that outcome. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Tim Barton, for people who would like to engage with wall builders and to support your vital mission, uh, what is the best way for them to connect with your organization? Uh, wallbuilders.com is the best place to go. There, there is a donate button there if they want to contribute and give. And obviously, we would really appreciate that. But also, um, for people of faith, I mean, you know, even just praying for us as we're on the front lines trying to help uh, educate a, a lot of individuals who are uh, engaged in the process, whether it be state legislators or U.S. congressmen or senators or governors, uh, working with teachers and pastors. And so there's a lot we're doing on the front line. To find out more about a lot of what we've talked about, they can go to wallbuilders.com. We have a lot of articles, a lot of resources. Our uh, most recent book is called The American Story. And it actually, some of what we've already talked about, identified even with some of the anti-slavery position of the founding fathers of America being one of the best uh, with an anti-slavery record in the history of the world. A lot of that is footnoted and documented in that book. Uh, and so it's a, a really good resource for people who want kind of a crash course into American history. And we would tell you, don't take our word for it, right? It's all footnoted. Go look it up. Do, do the due diligence. Find out for yourself. But wallbuilders.com, definitely the best place to go to find out more. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tim Barton, president of Wall Builders, for sharing your time, your insights today on Core Principles. God bless you. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information and please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.